Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, sold out. With me, your host, Freddy Loso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fain. So today uh, in wrestling, uh, we lost Maniac Mapborn, otherwise known as Doink the Clown. And for those of you uh, who may have noticed, I think it was last, maybe two weeks ago, the Mapborn uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode uh, debuted. So it's funny that, you know, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it's interesting that, you know, they showed that and then it happens today, you know, a couple weeks later that uh, it's the actual anniversary of his death. So they almost got the show right on top of it. Nice. With our other co-host, the Reverend himself. Hold on, hold on. He's talking about a dead man and you go nice? Well, no, I said nice as in they almost got it on the week. (laughs) It's too easy. (laughs) Wow. The Reverend himself, Jason Todd. Yeah, um... Well, good. Now I didn't have to pick up the mood after that one. So thanks. Um, yeah, 25 years ago this week, uh, King of the Ring, WWF, uh, Nick Foley and Undertaker wrestled in their infamous Hell in a Cell match, which featured at least two occasions where everybody was certain he died. Um, cool. Yeah. So if you're nice. on YouTube, yeah, nice. If you're on YouTube, there's a. Uh, they did a little thing of the two of them watching the match back together, and it was pretty cool hearing them talk about it in the same room for us to check it out. All right. And with our last but not least, the encyclopedia, Blackbeard himself. I'm surprised he didn't call me jerk the encyclopedia. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, gentlemen. Tonight, we're walking through a forbidden door and depositing money in the bank. Oh, look at you. Well played, sir. Well played. That's not a euphemism, is it? All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Forbidden Door, and I understand the encyclopedia did not get a chance to watch the show, so if he's strangely silent during this, we didn't bind and gag him in a corner. He just... uh, didn't get the opportunity to watch the show. Um, but uh, the good Reverend and Eloso and myself got to watch the show. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start since I'm talking. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really strong show. Um, starting right off with MJF against Tana, Tanahashi. I mean, Tanahashi's lost a few steps. I've watched him over the years. He used to be a little quicker, uh, but he still can pull off a good match. Uh, when he needs to, I was watching, um, he was on, I think he was on collision and he had a match with, um, swerve and he, he didn't look very sharp and I was getting a little worried that maybe the match wasn't going to be good with MJF, but it turns out it was, it was a really good match. Um, the punk match was good. You know, two older guys. Um, I thought, uh. Kohima, he got he got his his shots in where he wanted to. You know, he's a little older too. Um, you know, and they're a couple steps behind, but still a really good match. Um, the Orange Cassidy match was good. Um, uh, the only match that I really kind of didn't really get into was the Jungle Boy match, but 
the Jungle Boy match was kind of a, a booking thing, I think, more than anything else. I mean, I don't think anybody thought he was going to win the title, but I think it was definitely leading to where we've got where he turned on Hook at the end of the match. Um, you know, that we we talked about this last week that we thought we were going to get a heel turn, and we got one. So, uh, you know, there was that. The match of the night for me was the uh, Blackpool Combat Club match. Uh, it was just to me, to me, the Kenny Omega match was great, but this match was just a little bit better. Um, Takashita, I mean, oh my God, like he's a superstar. Like they need to sign him up and like keep him. Some of the moves he did, amazing. I mean, that match was just, it just kept going. Like it, they just kept going one after the other, after the other. It just, the match never stopped. Like it was one of those, if you you blinked, you missed like eight moves. And I think it really needed that after the Jungle Boy match because the Jungle Boy match kind of dragged a little bit. Um, and then, you know, you had the women's match, which was fine. But then you got a banger at the end. You got the Kenny Omega match and uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is so good. I mean, if you've never seen him wrestle, you really need to track some of his stuff down. He's amazing. And he's he's been injured. He's hurt his neck. He's hurt his shoulder. And they even mentioned that in commentary that you know, he's not wrestling at his top capacity. He can't do all the moves he used to do, but he's still just amazing. Um, a little bit overbooking on that match. I think they might have ended it five minutes sooner and it might have been a better match, but it was still very good. And then, um, you know, you finish off with Sting, which was good. And then you have Danielson and Okada. And oh my God, Danielson Okada, you know, a, a match people have been waiting for. And it, it led up. To all the promise. And I think it also set them up for the future. I think what one of the greatest things about the show was it really set them up for future matches. There's going to be an Okada-Danielson rematch. There's no doubt. Um, and, you know, you've got Jungle Boy with the heel turn. And you still have the combat club going on. So, I mean, they, they AEW has been real sharp lately. And I think this show showed that. That they, they booked a, a very good show. And then they've also looked forward. They didn't just say, well, we're booking for tonight. Like last year's show was like that, right? They booked it and then nothing happened afterwards. There were no repercussions. We've got a ton of repercussions coming off the show. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better shows uh, they've ever had. Nice. So I'll throw it to uh, Jason. He's shaking his head. And you also mentioned on Dynamite that they had a pretty good follow-up to, to that show, which is good to see them actually do that. So I'll enjoy going back to watch that. Um, much like you, I thought it, this was an excellent, excellent show. Uh, I thought you could divide it into three things. The first 45 minutes, it was a good show, like a really good show. Um, MJF uh, won how I expected him to win, and I think he he's steadily having good matches, and that's all you need from him right now uh, in that in that spot. CM Punk likes playing a heel, and I think you're going to see him heal it up more as a result. And it was fun to watch him do that during this match and play with the crowd. And just, I, I feel like that was an adjustment on the fly, and it was cool to see. Um, and he's still a very good wrestler when he's healthy. And that's, I think that's going to be important for AEW for the next year or two. But, man, when they got to that international title match, I, I don't know if you... Um, remember this but first of all everything seemed to ramp up 
and the crowd was really into it and that made it feel a little more important and the guy those guys had that pace and for a good four-man match i mean they really didn't miss anything they didn't miss a step and i think orange cassidy's whole presentation has just continued to improve so i didn't like him that much before but man he's he is good um so yeah and then really quick i'm gonna skip ahead i guess the best thing about the jungle boy match was the turn the second best thing about the jungle boy match was taz on commentary because he was when he's on fire he's on and that whole comment that whole team was fun to listen to throughout the whole night and then even when he left after that turn and he stormed off and Shivani came down. It was still a good team. So they, they just hit on all cylinders. Which was great. I'm a big Tomohiro Ishii fan, even though it's easy for me to say. Um, so watching him and Takeshi to go back and forth with some of those hits. And you're right. They really need to lock that guy up and do some of the stiffest forearms I've seen. In, in a while it was fun it was just a lot of fun everything was a lot of fun and it, every match was a little different um also the red shoes thing if you're a new japan fan that um earlier in the earlier in the night with um the title match that was cool to see so yeah it was it was a lot of fun women's match i thought was good um i thought they almost lost the crowd and then that death valley driver out in the apron kind of got them back into it i'm not a big Tony Storm fan, but I like this version of Tony Storm. So it's cool to see. I think, yeah, like you said, they did a lot of things to that night that they could work with going forward. And that was fun. Um, <laughs> and then you're only a third, two thirds of the way through the show at that point. So it, it just kept getting better. Um, just real quick, Omega Osprey was different than I expected. It was brutal as hell. I, and you didn't get all the, you got a lot of the flashy moves. You did get some high flying, but Osprey was a savage. And that was fun. Um, I do think it could have ended about five moves earlier. But there's that, um, when he hit the, the one wing, one wing and angel on Omega, they could have ended it. And if you told me that was Kenny Omega's last match, I think he retired in the best way possible. So, yeah, um, it was great. I, the six-man tag, I kind of liked, but I felt like it didn't work for some reason. And I felt like the crowd was sort of lost. And maybe they were just tired by that point. But it just felt like they didn't quite hit. Yeah, there was there were some missing rhythm. missing spots. Naito and uh, Suzuki didn't really gel with the other guys. Yeah, and Suzuki is kind of surprising because he's done a lot of stuff with them. But uh, it's nice to see healthy Naito. That's also good. Um, and then that main event, man. When you know, knowing now, knowing what we know now, do you think that they could have called an audible and it wouldn't have mattered or did the right person win? That's my only question about it. I think the right person won, but I'm wondering what you think. So, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, 
I thought it was good. And that's a shock for me because I usually think AEW's pay-per-views kind of suck. Um, there's a lot of New Japan guys that I really hadn't seen before. So it's very, very interesting, very new. Um, Osprey, I really I had just seen highlights from him. Seeing him in Omega was was dope. I thought that was a really good match. Um, Danielson and Okada. What can you fucking say? Those guys fucking delivered. And then 10 minutes with a broken arm. Holy shit. Um, I loved MJF's little shot on his robe. The uh, New Japan's an indie. Love that. <laughs> a very, very great little cheap heat shot. Loved it. Um, there were still a couple matches. I still got to go back and watch. But um, Punk's reaction. Uh, booze. I know they tried to make it seem like it wasn't as much booze, but you you heard it. It was it was there. Um, the Elite and Blackpool. Very good match. Hard hitting. You know, you got the super kick spots, but you know, it's the Young Bucks. You'll, you'll expect it, but I, I thought it was a great match. Just very, very solid. I think one of AEW's best pay-per-views all year. Maybe, dare I say, the last two. Yeah, I mean, it's it was definitely yeah. in my top three, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think it had a little bit of everything. It had uh, the Orange Cassidy match had a little comedy in it, but it was done well. Like, they didn't overdo it, but it they cheap. executed it, like, perfectly. And, like, I like the, the part when uh, Jericho and Guevara and Minora all... Uh, Sammy Guevara did a thing where he slid on, like, like Naito does on the mat, and he kind of puts mm -hmm. his hand up. And then Jericho came in, and then Suzuki, and then yeah. Suzuki came in on top. Like they did some stuff like that that I thought was really funny. Yeah, e each match had its own identity, which it did. This pay per view didn't feel like it all ran together. Like a lot of times with all these matches, it could easily feel like it just ran all together. Right. And I don't think it did. So I think they did an outstanding job while setting the table for what's coming next. And that's what the other thing I put on our our sheet. You know, our talking points is I feel like AEW is really firing on all cylinders right now, or at least is more than they ever have. Um, they, they've got everybody has, most people have something to do, or they're involved in multiple angles. Like, for example, Kenny Omega is fighting with Will Ospreay, but he's also fighting the Combat Club, right? And Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho are kind of teasing a split, but and Sammy and Darby are still going at it even though you know they're to him he's teasing a, a a face turn he's still going after darby like there's nothing going you know no like there's no tomorrow like they still want to fight each other i mean i think even said on dynamite right he said he had held up the sign and said darby and i are going to fight forever and i was like <laughs> interesting mm -hmm. and they and they um they interspersed all the japanese wrestlers in like i like i said i think there's going to be an okada danielson rematch in japan um you know depending on when Danielson returns. Um, 
the next night they had uh, Ishii and and um, Moxley go at it. So like they're they're keeping things moving. Like it sound it finally sounds like they've got a plan where people aren't just floating around uh, fighting, you know, f- for to just have good matches. It looks like there's they're trying there's to book some things, yeah. right? And they may not all be successful, but at least they're giving it a shot at this point. I mean, now we have now we know where Jungle Boy's going, and now we know where. Sammy's going and you know, I mean like and and now MJF and Adam Cole are kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, did they're you supposed the to right, they're supposed to be a team and <laughs> did you see uh Roderick Strong Hey generic white guy? <laughs> 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 I was like <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so I mean there's and, and I think uh part of it is I know Danielson's been part of the booking committee, like they've been going to him for his ideas. And I, I think it's, you know, I'm hoping it stays this way. I'm hoping we've, we have this going forward where it's not just, you know, we're putting on great matches, but they really don't mean anything. So I'm going to throw it out to the group here. I mean, do you feel like AEW's booking has gotten better? Do you think it's the same? And uh, you know, if you, is there anything you might want to see coming, going forward? So anybody can take that. Um, Anybody want to jump in? I'll start it off. Um, I like the way it's going. I wish they had started this sooner because it actually feels like there's direction, there's, you know, storytelling, there's not just guys sitting on the sideline and then appearing and then disappearing again. Like there's, there's angles, there's storytelling. It's, it's moving in the right way. Hopefully it means that Tony Khan's letting the right people take over as opposed to, you know, booking themselves. I, I just want to see more of this. I hope it's not a, you know, splash in the pan. I'd like to see them continue it and keep this momentum because it, it only benefits us as a wrestling community to see good wrestling, good storytelling. I feel like that's what made the 90s go because you had WCW and WWE and they were pushing each other to get better. NWO, DX, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just hope it, we get more of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad to see that they're taking a direction at all. I think that's the difference where it felt like there was no direction. Uh, health has to be a part of that. And they got a lot of people backwards. And I think that's good. And then there are a lot of people who are sitting on the sidelines. They get two hours on Saturdays now. Um, I, I think that's really good. Most My favorite story right now has to be Eddie Kingston and Moxley and uh, Claudio. I, I just love anytime you get Eddie Kingston on TV acting like a crazy maniac. I just think it, it's great. And the way it played into the ma- in match at Forbidden Door was great. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they're at a point. Oh, there's a drag race going on outside. That <laughs> sort of sounds like. Yeah. I forgot. It's that time of, time of the night. Um, I, I think what that show demonstrated was that there's a lot of great talent. So the state of talent in wrestling is very good. I mean, if, even if you don't include 
WWE, and there's some really good stuff going on at Impact and stuff like that. God, AEW has so much talent. And if they're going to start giving them stories, then I'll have to be around the title. Just give them a story. Let them do actual stuff on TV. So they're going to be in a good place for now. Encyclopedia, any thoughts? Oh, uh, I didn't realize I'd be involved since I didn't watch anything. Well, I mean, we just had a, a, a general AEW question. So, I mean, you've um, heard what we're talking about. What do you think? I think it's, I, I, I honestly think it's hit or miss. Um, you got this new show, Collision. I don't, I, I don't see, think it's got its footing yet. I mean, it's only been two weeks. But I feel like right now they're just throwing matches on there. The only few that I think we've really seen week to week has been the Bullet Club uh, Gold, if I remember correctly. Is that what they're calling themselves? And FTR somewhat, you know, as part of those multi-person tags. And then Andrade and House of Black. And Andrade consistently using the figure eight. And apparently his wife is posing like doing the elite de pose in the middle of the ring now. But anyway, Um yeah, I don't. I'm not sure where CM Punk quite fit, fits in right now, at least storyline wise. Doesn't seem like there's much going on there yet. Um, the title picture, the you know, we feel like, well, I feel like it's been kind of thrown together. Like the going back to Revolution, everything since then, like the four pillars match, feel like they didn't have anything for MJF, so this is what they came up with. And I'm still don't know that there's really a direction for him after Forbidden Door. Um, and for Burden Door, I mean, I hear you guys. Great, it was a great show from what you're saying. But, and this is a problem on the WWE side, but some of the NXT call ups as well. We, if you're not in tune with New Japan Pro Wrestling, you didn't know who the hell these people were. So you had someone like me who I didn't give two craps about watching that show. I think the Omega Osprey match I'm only interested in because I heard it was like match of the year, match of the decade possibility. Uh, I like Brian Danielson. I've seen Okada, Omega, Okada, Cody. I've seen Okada enough that I'd probably watch that one. Um, and I'm curious about the Jungle Boy heel turn, but it sounds like all I need to do is watch after that match went down, you know? Um, you know, Sting always wins. So I think there's some stuff that they're fu- – that they are firing on all cylinders for certain characters, but I don't, I think across the board, there's still improvement that needs to be made there. Um, I mean, they did a pretty good job with the, bringing the new Japan guys in sooner. So, and yeah, like, but they didn't Will explain Ops- who the hell they were though. Well, I mean, at least like Will Ospreay had several matches on dynamite. So you kind of knew who he was and they kind of mm-hmm. talked him up when he was on the show. So I think they, tr- they tried as much as they could to, to bring some of these stars to light. But I hear what you're saying. If you're, if that's not your bag, then this, this pay-per-view was not really your thing. It's not even that. Well, you, I mean, you mentioned Osprey. I don't know anything about him except that he cut a few promos. I don't know anything about who he really is, what he stands for, what his character style is. You know what I mean? That That's what I'm trying to get. They at. tried to do some of that on the, on the show. You had to listen to the commentary because they, because they have Kevin Kelly does new Japan. So they kind of brought him in and he gave like the history of a lot of those, these people. But that was after you paid for the show, right? No, this was on Dynamite. A couple weeks on Dynamite when Will Ospreay was wrestling, he was explaining how he was was. on Dynamite. Yeah, I really haven't been paying. He did some commentary when the New Japan guys were there. All right, well, I'm I'm gonna kind of 
empathize there because there was a point where I just fell off of an AEW altogether and it was hard for me to stay interested in it. And it was for that exact reason that I, you need to show me why I need to care about these guys. And I had no reason to care about a lot of guys for a while. Right. So I wasn't watching. Yeah. And case in point. Collision's debut hit, I think they peaked at just uh, under a million viewers. TNT was ecstatic with it. Week two? 600,000. 600,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like NXT Is that good got, or bad and, for Saturday? Well, no, it's NXT. good for a Saturday night, but it's not great overall. Well, like, who's watching TV on Saturday nights? Most well, people look, aren't even home. Look, right. I agree with you. I agree with you in that respect. <laughs> Especially during but, the summer. But right? to drop three, almost 300,000 viewers in one week. What yeah, I mean, that, that was the, the the punk thing, right? Everybody wanted to see punk. Yeah. And then yeah. once they saw him, they were like, okay, I've seen him now. And the same thing happened with Rampage. But I mean, I think NXT might have gotten better viewings this past Tuesday than Collision did on Saturday. I mean, that's... And, you know, for a long time, people were saying, oh, NXT is a developmental territory. They shouldn't be a, competing with AEW. Well, look, look. NXT beats Rampage every week and sounds like it's going to potentially be contending with Collision. I feel like that's a loss for AEW in some respects. Well, I mean, TNT asked for more wrestling, though. So yeah, they no, gave well, it to them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, right. <laughs> they must be TNT's happy with whatever they're getting, right? It's, they blame TNT, right? Well, that, that's just it. I feel like AEW must be getting like a low rate for their broadcast because you can't tell me like syndication like whatever they would normally throw on on tnt what would they have on the side of the night maybe some a movie a movie or yeah don wick for the 80th time yeah so so showing that and maybe getting half the viewers that collision did is the money that tnt you know you know what i'm saying is the money equating is it cheaper for them to pay aew to give us real content and maybe double the rating you know what i mean like wwe for example how much are they getting? Like four or five times what AEW's rumored to be getting for these shows? I mean, they're also across two networks. Right. And they have two very, very different deals, I think. Yeah, I just, I'm just wondering what, I, I feel like AEW, the rates that they're getting for their shows, what they're being paid by the networks, I, I don't think it's as high as it, I don't think it could be very high versus what else TNT could be airing. It might be real. Oh, we're going to give you 50 mil. Well, how much would this show cost us in syndication? Yeah, we'll go with the 50 mil. Maybe it costs a little bit more than a syndicated show, but it might get slightly more ratings, But and that's where TNT is making out. I think AEW could probably be getting higher carriage rates, so to speak. But we'll see. Maybe that takes a while to get there, though. I I, I would imagine, I don't imagine, like, first couple years first few years of that company's existence that they're going to pull the highest rate well but the, it's four years now it's not a lot of time wwe gets what it gets now that's not what they were getting in the 90s they weren't paying out in the 90s like they're paying out now for for, for any sports related for, content wwe is like a disney level in that industry they're like a disney level so they can command a lot more like nobody else would merit that much at this point it would take i mean it it has to take at least 10 years and i mean you gotta have like tony connie's gotta be willing to take a loss i think you know that's the only reason why they're still on the air because he's willing to take a loss 
thoughts. When does the company need to be profitable then? I mean, you should be, yeah, you could be in the red for two, three years. We're in year four. Oh, no, those billionaires, they can write anything off. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they also own a football team that's inconsistent. They own a soccer team in England that is turning into a U.S. Uh, men's team uh, tryout for them. I mean, they got the money. I'm just saying, are they making a profit? Are they really giving TNT and TBS a real deal on the carriage fees? That's all I'm trying to say. And I still watch AEW and feel like half the time I'm watching an overgrown indie show. And those are the type of, type of fans you're seeing every week. I mean, the, in the UK, they're, they got this big show coming up all out, right? The viewership's been going down for months for some reason. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's a there's an it's an inconsistency. I think AEW has the potential to be doing a better job creatively, but there's some there's some stuff that they're hitting on and some stuff they're not. And there's an inconsistent pushing of guys, push them for a few months and then shoot them down. We don't see them for months. That's fair. You so Freddie, snap out of that. So Freddie, you have any thoughts on? <laughs> Freddie's falling asleep over there. You have any thoughts on AEW's booking? No, no, no. I, I, I mentioned mine. I, I enjoy okay. it. Yeah, you think they're uh, on their way, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I we'll see what happens. Way. I think I think month after month they've got to show that consistency. Yeah, yeah I think right? it's, it's got to be more than just you know a big pay per view and a lead up to it. Yeah. You're if right. they can put three, four pay per views, go consistent over the summer, you know, get back into. September through December, kind of hot. We we could see something brewing here. A lot of that's follow up too, like you said. Like yeah. They followed up on Wednesday. Great. Hopefully they follow up on Collision. Hopefully they follow up next week because that's really where you know that's the only way they're going to get any interest. If Tony Khan is as consistent as he was in his. Yes Network uh, promo interview with holding his his teacup by his face the entire fucking interview AEW's in good hands. If he, if he can be that consistent I will I, will, I swear <laughs> I changed the channel came back about 15 Crystal meth later, is an awful is an awesome drug she, isn't it? He's still holding <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know anything. In his hand, <laughs> on that side camera shot, you don't see it from the front angle, but the side, I was like, wow. His arm's got to be falling off at this point. <laughs> All right. You know, you're talking about some of the good stuff that they're doing with the fans. So then that kind of makes me think of what's happening on the other channel right now. Through this question out there, I, I was just going to lead into that. So one yeah. nice lead in. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I threw this question in there because now we know over the past few weeks that even though Triple H is supposed to be in charge of creative, Vince McMahon is still booking remotely. He's not on site, and people have said apparently behind the scenes that it's much easier to work with him when he's remote, but. He's made some very notable calls. Some of them were probably good. Some of them maybe not. But 
is this a problem going forward for WWE creatively? Nothing's going to stunt their business model right now. Right. Throw that off. Take that off the table. But creatively, is that a problem? Before you, you before you go on, I did hear that today there was supposed to be a big meeting, supposedly about this, because it was creating an issue. So I don't know if was it Bayer was getting involved and kind of trying to put Vince in his place and letting Triple H kind of fully take the reins with less um, interaction from Vince. But time will tell what um, what this meeting brings. That's interesting. That, I guess that answers the question. It was a problem. Because once right. a meeting yeah. happens, that means yeah, once a meeting a happens, yeah. Oh, you know, there were some notable things that took place over the past couple weeks, and we talked about it before. Some things they're doing are really cool, like involving NXT folks mm -hmm. in the affairs of folks on Raw and SmackDown, and vice versa. And you know, this week, we saw kind of that bore fruit because you had Carmelo Hayes and Finn Balor squaring off. Is that the main event, Matt? No, it wasn't the main event. It was the second. Yeah, Cody but, versus Priest was the main event. Right. But the fact that you got Carmelo Hayes on TV without having to do a quote-unquote call-up, and you got to have him wrestle on a live Monday night show, that's a big deal. And they seem to still be very dedicated to doing that at least for the next couple of weeks. I don't know how much longer. Did you guys notice anything where you could tell – who was booking which hour? There were some noticeable I don't know if you could actually tell exactly when. I mean, to me, the the main problem I had with this show is I don't think Hayes should have lost his should have lost right off the get out of the gate. I think they if they wanted to debut him, they should have given him a a good match today, you know, a win. I don't think he should have lost right off the bat. It kind of, to me, it kind of devalues your NXT talent when they lose as soon as they come up to the main roster. You know, I, I think they could have maybe done a little better job with that. Um, And, you know, the Ricochet and, and Nakamura, you know, they're, they're trading victories. battle. That seems like a Vince-type situation where, you know, the 50-50 booking, which I've always hated. You know, one... Ricochet one week looks like a world beater. Next week gets beaten in three minutes. Like it's that inconsistency. So if I had to pick a spot on the show where I thought maybe Vince had some kind of input, it might've been that. And the bearing of Matt Riddle continued. So. <laughs> well, he is getting an intercontinental title shot, but right, he's going to lose. We all yeah. Know. Well, he's not winning. But at least there was some sort of storyline with it. I think that, and I didn't even think about Vince being involved um, until I saw the rumors. But the big one that, and it's not a big loss because honestly, I could give two shits about one of the people in this. But they had announced that Bailey was going to face Shotzi. And if Shotzi won, she was getting Bailey's money in the bank spot. And then nothing ever happened on SmackDown. No explanation was ever given. And that was apparently one of the changes vince made See, and, he sucks that's why well i, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree that. with you there <laughs> i i thought she got brought up way too quickly personally but be that as it may 
they announced, and I've read one of the theories was that they were announcing matches two, three weeks in advance to prevent Vince from fucking yeah. things up. I read that too, yeah. And, and it's weird because conversely, uh, when they had, what, it was the open challenge for Seth Rollins, and it was supposed to be Champ, I guess, who was going to answer the open challenge the other week, but mm-hmm. Vince called an audible and instead had Vince, had Balor give him the beatdown. And Champa, you know, come back in in a match against what was it, the Miz? I guess I don't remember. That's the problem. I don't remember his de- re-debut. But I was kind of glad not to see him come back in a losing effort. So it was kind of a good decision, and it made for a compelling match on NXT the next night. Rob, no, I'll rebuttal you, you on your on your. You'll rebut me. Yes, I will rebut you in this one. The Carmelo Hayes, I understand the loss. He's not fully debuting on the roster. So I do get the he should win on his debut. But if he's still NXT champ and he's still supposed to be down there, you still want to have your your main guys win that. And then once he's fully up, then you have him. Maybe have like how Owens did when he beat uh, Cena when he debuted, and have it like that. Yeah, I gotta agree with. I, I agree with the loss because Finn Balor is challenging for the World Heavyweight Title. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my only issue with the match was I felt like Carmelo Hayes could have done, gotten to do a little bit more in that, and maybe it was because they were short on. They were short on time. Um, that was the only thing I thought, well, this was a little bit quicker than I would have expected. I would have thought they would have showcased a little bit more, especially because I felt like it was twofold. It tied into what happened in NXT the week before where Carmelo and Seth Rollins met and talked backstage and they kind of gave that rub. But um, I think the dual purpose because Finn got involved with Seth Rollins at the end of NXT and you know, so there was the tie in there. But um, I think it was also meant to get eyeballs interested in Carmelo Hayes and watch NXT the next night. Uh, it wasn't going to get the job done, you know, unfortunately. I don't think there was probably much carryover by doing what they did and having him lose to Finn Balor as quickly as they did. And we know his challenger isn't somebody that people want to watch because who gives two shits about Baron freaking Corbin, right? He's the lone wolf again. I think it's the yeah, better right. iteration of his character. L- yeah, yeah, I, I, I fell asleep during the match, and I didn't go back to watch it just because it was Baron Corbin. Three faces well, of Corbin. Question: question. Did you <laughs> did you find yourself now? Do you find yourselves now, especially when it comes to a Baron Corbin, because this is an he's an easy target for this, and I find myself doing this. I really kind of just roll my eyes at most of his stuff, but not because he's necessarily doing something wrong in that moment, but because it's Baron Corbin. I had to go back and watch that match because I read numerous things online of just people praising the hell out of both of them for it. So I had to watch it. It was actually a pretty good match. And it was like probably his best stuff in a long, long time. And yeah. hey, he deserved credit for that. I mean I went I did see most of it. I didn't see the ending yet. But I don't I don't know. I he was in the main event spot he had to go longer. You know. I, I don't know. I, 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 
I would see being future endeavored because they've tried and he's just not over. It's him. That's fair. He yeah, he just doesn't move the needle, and they've really none, done nothing with him. I mean, they've tried to change his character, but really all they did is change his outfits. Basically, like yeah. if they 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 could have made him part of Judgment Day and like maybe made him like their enforcer and like don't let him talk and like give him a a different look, and they just send him out against people they want destroyed, or they could have put him with um, Bray Wyatt as like a, a, like he's a lost soul and Bray Wyatt claims his soul is like a, as a disciple or like they could have done something different with him. They could have repackaged him and, and, you know, try, had him learn a few different moves. Cause I mean, we all know he does the slide and he does the, you know, he does the same things. So they really haven't tried anything different with him. They haven't tried him as a face, like or tried to present him in a different light somehow. So, you know, when he like when he was a down and out character, like nobody felt bad for him. They were like, yeah, oh, no dummy, <laughs> dummy does can't manage his money. You know, yeah. I mean, like they could have done that. They could have built him up from scratch. You know, and, and I mean, they did that with Diamond Dallas Page back in the day. Diamond, he was nobody. And they had him lose to the booty man. He lost all his money and he became like this homeless dude. And they slowly built him back up to where he was actually a, a credible challenger and won the world title. So like it can be done. It's just it had the time and effort has to be put in. And, you know, and that's they funny. haven't done that with him. It's funny you say that because I remember thinking about that when they were doing that was bum ass Corbin or whatever. It, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a great chant on its own, but. I remember thinking, yeah, you could break him down completely and just create something new with him. And then they just sort of ended it. And that was it. They, they, oh, okay, yeah, he's happy again. Yeah, I mean, no, there's been nothing changed. His move sets haven't changed, only his outfits. JBL and, with those big-ass pants. But, I mean, they didn't even do anything with that. Like, they should have had JBL, like, make him do all these degrading things and like they could have really you know they could have played the whole million dollar man thing you know where you know baron corbin's gonna shine my shoes and baron corbin's gonna drive my car and eventually corbin gets fed up and they could have, you know they could have done something like that they didn't they didn't try they, they half-assed it he, they didn't give him any big wins they didn't do anything when he was with jbl you still got that application in for creative right I, it's it open is, invitation, dude. It's pretty good stuff. You should. And look, I, I'm not reinventing no, the wheel here. Not, there is no creative to get people interested in Baron Corbin again. The look, fact that you even thought that hard about it. Uh, I, I, look, I, I made I that up off the you. top of my head. I mean, I'm yeah. saying they could have tried. They're not even trying. I don't think there was any trying that would have gotten him over. The, they thought he was going to get the rub just because it was JBL, and that was it. This was the last attempt. I mean, he, they even tried pushing the hole. He's the last guy that pinned Roman Reigns, and it, it didn't even make a that ripple. Didn't work either. Nope. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, if, but if you think he's worth it, then you try. You know, you got to try something else. Put him under a mask. You know, I don't know. Like I said, you know, put him with Bray Wyatt. Let him do something like that for a while. And then, you know, I don't know. I think that could work. Judgment Day, Bray Wyatt. I like those ideas. You got me. Yeah, I mean, you know, his lone wolf character can move into those. Into those. I mean, him, him and Damian Priest would be an interesting tag team. They're roughly the same size. They have some of the same, you know, move sets. I mean, who knows? They might. They, they could have tried something. 
is my point. I'm not saying they'd be successful, but they could have tried it at least. Do you want a Lone Wolf t-shirt for your birthday next year? Um, No. Okay. Just You'll buy me the wrong size anyway, so what's the difference? Not this year, buddy. <laughs> you, were, no, you don't you sell one-man wolf pack. <laughs> and then, then Anthony came along. LWO, Lone, Lone Wolf uh, Organization. All right. So, money in the bank. London, England. You guys excited to make the deposit after the forbidden door? <laughs> no? No? I'm the only one? I was right. terrible. That was... Now that we've opened, now, now, we, now that we walk through I'll the forbidden door, it's time to deposit money in the bank. Done. Thank you. you. Much That's what I think Freddie wanted to say. Uh, that's what I was shooting for. That's is, Jack, is Jack Hager going to be on the show? He might be. He very well want be. All right, so we're kicking off the pay-per-view. Women's tag team match. Ronda and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Reverend so Ronda and, and Baszler are the uh, the universal, undisputed, inter intergalactic, um, underwater tag team champions? Obviously. Are they defending the belt separately, or are they have they been unified? They're supposedly unified, but the plan is, I guess, they're going to defend on NXT as well. Um, I don't know how long this is going to go. Maybe they were like, oh, we unified the men's tag team championships for a while. Why don't we do the women's? Which is kind of funny, because there's actually a tag team roster on Raw and SmackDown, at least on the men's side, but yet there's no indication they're splitting those belts up. Anyway, Continue. Uh, should I just save us the trouble? It's Rousey and Baszler all around. Or does anyone think Morgan and Raquel are winning it? I don't think Rousey and Baszler are losing anytime soon. Agreed. Okay. Unfortunately. Which I find it interesting now that Ronda Rousey has to work every week. Right. Let's so she, has she fallen so far that she's just become a regular roster person? She's becoming Natalia 2.0. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Not that. Damn. Damn. Sounds fired, man. All right, next up, <laughs> Intercontinental Championship match. Shots fired. <laughs> next Poor up, Natty. Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther, Riddle. Is it safe to say Gunther across the board? Yeah, Matt Riddle doesn't win matches yeah. anymore. So he's he's definitely not beating Gunther. I'm wondering if um the rumor is that Randy Orton's is gonna return. And one of the rumors is he's gonna return on at this show. So I'm wondering if somehow he gets involved in this match. I still don't think Matt Riddle's gonna win, but I'm wondering if Randy Orton makes his maybe they beat Matt Riddle down after the match and Randy Orton comes out and saves him or something like that. But I, it, I believe it or not, I, you know, I didn't think I'd miss Randy Orton, but I do. I really liked him and Matt Riddle as a team. I thought they were fun. So could Orton could Orton be the person they blacked out 
in the picture, I don't know if you guys saw it going around online today on Twitter. All the guys in in London, I guess, at yeah. a pub, and they kind of shaded somebody out, but kind of left an ear in. Could Orton have been that guy that was in the picture? I didn't see that picture, so I can't answer that. I'll have to find it. I'll, I'll send it in the group chat later. Yeah, you yeah, should also I, send I, I the. And you could also send the uh, the story about this meeting with Vince because I haven't seen that anywhere. I do uh, remember I seeing something like a, a couple of weeks ago that they wanted, or there are rumblings, and they might have to have a meeting. I didn't think they'd actually have it, so that's that's still something. Yeah, it could be Randy Orton. I don't know. Randy Orton's a kind of big guy. I don't know. Yeah, that person. What's that mean? Because. Person in it's their next to Otis, yeah. Maybe it was just someone's family member. Maybe yeah, I mean, it could have been just somebody who they didn't want to be on the, you know, be on the picture. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah, that's all right. Next Max, Cody versus Dominic. Cody, no way, Cody's losing. I mean, if Cody loses, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would be the point. The only way I can see Cody losing is if Brock Lesnar comes out and interferes. I can see, but that. right, but I don't. Uh, would you fly Brock across <laughs> across the pond just to have him interfere in a match? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I guess, Cody. I mean, if you think about it, if Dom wins, even through controversial means, I mean, he'll be insufferable. See, that makes me want him to win. But what that what does that do to Cody, though? Right. I don't know. You know part of me wants to pick Dom just to be crazy because I could see that. Like, I, can you imagine Raw him coming out with a victory over Cody Rhodes? I mean, he'd be the fans would like want to kill him. Mm -hmm. But. I'm going to stick with Cody, I guess. I don't know. But you heard it here first. I, I gave you a scenario where Tom could win. Let's say he encyclopedia. Oh. Uh, I'm still sticking with Cody. Yeah. Cody. I, my heart says Dom. Just because I want to see angry fans on Monday. But um, no, it's going to be Cody. I feel like the... Brock idea is good, but um, this this event was sold out a while ago, so I don't think they needed that those ticket sales. But name, you know what I mean? They were. I feel like Brock, if he was going to be there, would have been announced. And there's only so many appearances they get out of him a year anyway, right? Mm, that's true. All right, so Cody, Cody crossed the board. All right, next up, we have the women's Money in the Bank match. Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, EO Sky, and Trish Stratus. You know, this is one of those matches you can make a case for every woman. And, yeah, I agree. And, right? And it you and you could you could easily justify all of them winning. Um you know, Zelina had a great showing with 
Rhea, right? So she's up and coming there, and she, that would be a boon to her career. Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch, right? Trish, Trish is Trish. Bailey is Bailey. You can make cases just because on their careers alone. Zoe Stark would be uh, the dark horse, but at the same time, you know, that would elevate her, right? She'd be a threat. And, you know, and you have EOS. I'm going with EOS Sky. I think EOS Sky is, uh, is primed. And I would, I would probably fear her almost the most with that suitcase. So I'm going to pick EO. Yeah, I, I, could see, I could see Zelina Vega possibly being the upset winner that we wouldn't expect. Um, Becky Lynch doesn't doesn't need it, doesn't need the win here, and she's in the middle of the feud with Trish anyway. Zoe Stark is in that feud, and we have you know the inklings of a Bailey EO Sky split coming soon, and what better way to do that than EO? Or Bailey, for that matter, winning money in the bank. Um, I agree with Rob, though. I think it's going to be EO Sky. Um, I think she benefits the most from it. She had a great match with Bianca Belair recently. Well, her star is starting to shine bright, and I think this, this helps it shine even brighter. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, think, I think it comes down to EO Sky. I think she's the. Uh the one that would benefit from it the most out of who's in the match in their current positions in the company. So I think uh, it would help. It's like a while to get here, but mm-hmm. she's finally, I think she's finally in that position. So yeah, I agree. Yes, guys. All right. Next up, men's money in the bank match. Ricochet. Shinsuke, L.A. Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. I'll start it off. I would love to see Priest win it, but I don't think he will. Um, I think it's L.A. Knight. I pray to God that is not Logan Paul. I would be extremely, extremely annoyed. But I think LA Knight is the right choice here. I think it would be uh, it would make perfect sense. All right, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with Damian Priest, and I'll tell you why. Finn Balor is going to lose to Seth Rollins, and that's going to leave Damian Priest with the next opportunity to go after Seth Rollins, and that's going to lead to that feud between Balor and and Priest at some point. So, you know, that's a point of contention, right? Because Finn Balor's going to lose and Priest is going to have that opportunity. They're kind of teasing that whole tension between the two of them. Um, I would love LA Knight. I think LA Knight should should be doing a lot more, but I think this one goes to Priest. Yeah. Either way, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm very happy if Priest wins. Looking for a coin to flip between those two. That, that, those are the only ones who I can really see doing it. A year or two ago, I would have added Ricochet into that mix. I just don't see him in that anymore. But, yeah. I, ah, this is tough. And if Logan Paul wins, we riot. Just saying that. Yeah. 
what I am. The other thing I'm counting on is Logan Paul catching a beatdown from everyone else. That will make me happy. Then I don't care who actually wins. As long as, as, long as it's not him and he catches the beatdown from everybody else. I'm going to go with LA Knight. He's going to try to, he's going to be there to have that suit briefcase and kick Roman Reigns when he's down. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah, this this is really there's only two horses in this race. Um LA Knight, Damian Priest. I don't think there's a Santos Escobar has a chance in hell, same with Butch or Ricochet. Um I could see them doing Shinsuke, but I just don't I don't know. And Logan Paul. I mean God, I I really hope not. Um I've been very impressed with Damian Priest the last few weeks, especially. Uh, I think he's really stepped up his game, and I could see him being upper mid-card. I don't see him in the title picture yet, where I think LA Knight has the charisma already. So, yeah, I'm picking LA Knight. All right. Next up. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Just, just, yeah, I just want to say neither answer is wrong. I liked your case for Damian Priest. I just really want to like that. <laughs> All right, so next up, World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor. I think it's I think it's Seth here. You got to keep that momentum going, keep growing that belt. They've been having really good uh, a really good feud spanning across Multiple shows, really several years. Yeah. Never mind multiple shows, several years. Right, this goes yeah, back to true. when Finn lost the Universal Title. Yep. So it, it's got good history, um, but I don't think they're going to take the belt off Rollins yet, and I don't think Finn Balor's the guy. So, agreed. I agree. Oh, here's an interesting scenario. Just to support your Damien Priest theory, what if Damien Priest won the money in the bank? And what if Finn Balor pulled off the upset? And now well, you it, have them both on the same show. Well, I mean, everybody discounts the fact that, you know, you could challenge Roman Reigns. So they really yeah. don't have to fight each other. That's true. Right. That's true. That just creates more tension. Yeah. Between the two. Yeah. Yeah. What's really sad is I feel like they really have built up Finn Balor well. I mean, for a match that when we first heard this was coming, we thought was a throwaway. They've really done a nice job making it Finn Balor look credible. You know, if there was a time to pull the trigger on him, I feel like they built him up enough that they could get away with it now. And I really wish they would. I like him a lot better than Seth freaking Rollins, but realistically, first time world heavyweight champion with the new uh, WWE logo Comet belt, as I call it. They're not taking it off Rollins yet. It's really a shame because I think Finn Balor could carry for a little while. And I'd definitely be okay with that. And I think they really set up and brought that history in very well as to why he was acting the way he did. Unfortunately, 
And I think we saw this in the old NXT black and gold days. They, they they were very good at hyping people up and making you think, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be the one. And then, you know, so it's more realistic in that respect and more surprising. So may, maybe this is a, a nod to that kind of storytelling happening more often. You know, we've seen it twice, so. really. I mean, they built up Cody Rhodes. How many people thought for sure he was winning that belt? Everybody. Right. And then you hear it had been months that they had already decided. So, yeah, that's really true. Which, uh, that's what we wanted, right? We want credible contenders to make the title, you know, meaningful. Well, and then speaking of Roman, the main, I think this is going to be the main event. That's why when I put this yeah, together. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the main oh, event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they're calling it the Bloodline Civil War tag team match. We have the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa against Paul, I mean, the Usos, Jimmy, Jimmy and Jay. <laughs> Paul Heyman's uh, wrestling? Oh, boy. I know who I'm thinking. He did, he, did, he did it once. Way back, remember, it was like him and Brock against the Hardy Boys like back in 02, <laughs> and he got the pin. He wrestled uh, Medusa, and he, and he lost. Well, that's right. That's a throwback there. That was 80s, wasn't it? Or was that yeah. early 90s? Early 90s. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is another tough one. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Usos are going to win this, but I would not be surprised if I'm wrong here. And for all this buildup, I feel like, you know, Roman can take a loss here. And, not, and we know if, if him and Solo lose, he's probably not the one getting pinned anyway. Even though if he did, that would make the excuse that whoever got the pin should be the next challenger. I just, I just don't see it happening. Um, but I'm thinking Usos by pinning, pinning Solo. I think Usos too. I think Jay finally stands tall here. I think we get a a very big showing from Jay Uso here. Um, I'm gonna go Bloodline. I don't think this feud is big over choice. yet. Big so I think uh, Reigns and Solo have to win because then we we need to get a stipulations type match. This is a straight up tag match. So I can see the bloodline winning, but the Usos winning down the line in some kind of, you know, in a hell in the cell or something along those lines. This feud's not over yet. So the bloodline, I think, strikes first. Oh, no, I'm not. I, I don't think the feud's ending. I think we're going to see Roman defend against one of them at SummerSlam. You think that they're going to do another tag team match at SummerSlam instead? Uh, I think it's a possibility. Uh, so because I mean, what are you gonna have? You gonna have six months Sol- without defending this belt? You gonna have Excuse Solo me. against like Jimmy Uso? I mean, who cares? Like the the matches are the tag matches, the singles matches. I nobody wants to see that. Well, I mean, it was during the pandemic, but they did run Roman and Jay at two pay per views in a row. Yeah, I mean, but we all kind of shit all over that at the time. So I'm going Bloodline. You're all busy coughing back then too. So. Now it's different. You get a live crowd and people who are really behind them. I don't know. It's This is a really tough one. I keep thinking there's going to be another Samoan. There's going to be another. I feel like they're not going to end the bloodline for real until they see no more money in the bloodline. And losing in that tag match almost effectively ends. So I'm going to go with Roman. I think we're going to see a new member pop up. 
the member to bring up is Jacob Fatu. He's been no showing. He's been no showing all over the place. Um, So I don't know how reliable that dude is. I read an article recently where he's not no showing. You know, if if Freddie keeps saying it every week, though, it's bound to happen, and it'll look like he's been telling the truth this whole time. I mean, what are we going four months, five months? We've been hearing this. Oh, it's been longer than that. He would be the one that I would say. Look at his face glowing as he's saying this. He's like no, so what's happy. gonna happen is Rikishi's gonna come out, try to settle this, and he's gonna no. end up kicking one of the Usos in the face, accidentally the stink line. facing the wrong, the wrong symbol. He's so bad. But with that being said, that is our show for tonight. D Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, D Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.